Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Psalms chapter 34, verse 8. When my husband and I moved to our home, there were two horses left on the property, a very old mare and her grown colt. Eventually, the older mare passed on of old age, leaving just the younger colt there alone. She had never been without her mom. She had never been trained or tamed. She was wild, alone, and in crisis. Everything that she had ever depended on was gone. I knew this was my moment, my opportunity to reach this unreachable horse that no one had been able to tame. In her crisis, I approached with kindness, with tenderness, with patience, and with some good fruits. Yes, it took some time, it took some gentle talking, and it took some apples and carrots. But within one day, she was letting me feed her by hand and pet her gently. Within two days, she was following me around. By day three, she was taking commands. And on day four, training began. My friend, it is amazing what compassion and some good fruits can do, especially for those who are alone and in crisis. The Lord is very patient with us, but not absent. He watches and waits for our moment of crisis, then comes in with kindness he demonstrates his good character to us and his goodness leads us to repentance. We learn to trust him, then to love him, and then following him and his commands or our desire and are not grievous to us. Then he begins to train us. Not because he is displeased with us, but because he wants more for us than the meager existence that we have been living, just existing. Am I still talking about the horse? Or is this a familiar experience? Because the truth is this, that he wants to partner with us to steer us and to work with us, to teach us to do things that we could never have done or even imagined without him. And it all started with a moment of crisis when we stopped fearing him as a threat to us and instead saw him as a source of comfort and kindness. When we stopped running from him and turned towards him and decided to trust something beyond our comprehension. 
Now let him use you to do the same for others. Partner with him, which is the definition of covenant. Take what he has taught you through experience and through training, but also by letting him take the reins and lead you to the next wild, wounded, lonely, broken soul and offer them some good fruit and an outstretched hand. He did it for you. Now let him use you to do it for them. This, my friend, is how you reach the ones that no one else can. Just like that wild horse, there was a moment where she stopped running and turned and started approaching because of loneliness and the hope of kindness that she saw in something that was beyond her comprehension in her moment of crisis. She gave up her defensiveness and decided that maybe she needed a master in order to walk in the fullness of what she was created for. Oh, my friend, stop running from the Lord. Turn away from your dependence and fearfulness and meager existence. Turn to him. Come, taste and see that he is good. And that blessed is the one who trusteth in the Lord. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 tells us this, but the fruits of the Spirit, which are actually the characteristics of our Jesus, the one who's got his hand reached out and is calling you now to approach him out of your brokenness. It says the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, which is patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Oh, how sweet are the fruits of his spirit, but you'll never experience it if you keep running. Oh, my friend, the master is calling. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, it says that we love him because that he first loved us. I love not only the imagery of this horse, coming and beginning to trust because of the sweetness of the good fruits offered to it, but also that there comes a point at which it is trained to come into partnership with the master because that there are others that they need to go after. In Luke chapter 3 verse 7, it says, Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring therefore fruits worthy of repentance, and begin not to say within yourself that ye have Abraham to your father, for I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the tree. Every tree therefore which bringeth forth not good fruit is cut down and cast into the fire. This was John the Baptist speaking 
to those who had been in the ministry. And he said, don't take it for granted that you have been given this calling and this position because if you don't produce the good fruits in order to go out and get the lost children, then the Lord is going to remove you. He's going to cut you down and he will replace you. What good is a fruitless vineyard? In chapter 10, it says, And the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? Therefore did he answer and saith unto them, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. And to him that hath meat, let him do likewise. Again, we're given this description of kindness and the fruits of the Spirit being manifested to those in need in their moment of crisis. This is how you reach the wounded, the scared, the marginalized, the untrusting. O Lord, give us the fruits of your Spirit. Let us move in sweetness and mercy and compassion. Yes, John the Baptist was harsh and stern in his words to the Pharisees because that they should have been producing good fruit, but instead they were the ones causing the wounds that were making the unsaved fearful in the first place. So did he warn them, you've been given your chance, your time, your space. The Lord is about to remove and replace. And you know what he did? He raised up the least of them, the humble, the broken, the ones who were the recipients of the good fruits of God's Spirit. People like Mary Magdalene, of whom seven demons were cast out of, according to the scripture. People like Matthew, who were hated among his brethren. People like Paul, who no one expected. Oh, he raised up the least among them, lowly fishermen, tax collectors, zealots, those of whom much had to be forgiven, those of whom who had tasted just how sweet the fruits of God's Spirit could be, because that all they had known before was bitterness, woundedness, Loneliness, brokenness, they were hungry. The scripture tells us very plainly, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness' sake, for they shall be filled. So my friend, I ask you today, where are you at? Are you that wild horse that needs to taste the good fruits? that needs to be tamed and trained so that they can be used. The one that's abandoned, that everyone rejected, that no one thought could ever be used in the service of the king? Or are you like the Pharisees who have had their opportunities, but they've become selfish and hard-hearted and fruitless? Or worse yet, they produce the fruits of bitterness and pride and arrogance and selfishness so that God has to lay the axe to the root to make room in the vineyard for the new. Examine yourself today because you need to figure out which one is you.
because the spirit of the Lord is about to move. He will move and he will remove. And he will reach out. And he will use the ones no one expected to do the greater things of the kingdom, which no man's plans or ambitions could achieve apart from him. And he's going to do it through the fruits of his spirit, manifesting his goodness, because the world needs to taste and see that he is good, that they might be led to repentance through the goodness of who he is to us in our moment of crisis. Did you know that when a trainer seeks to begin working on a new horse, they will often bring in a more seasoned, trained horse to partner with them in the process who already has trust in the master. Do you know what that horse's purpose is? His main reason for being in the corral with this new trainee is to reassure the new lesser experienced horse that he can trust the master, the trainer, the one in the corral with him. It's a very scary thing for them to be corralled, pinned in, in this pressing situation where they can't just run away and deal with it in their emotions. So that is there a more seasoned, more experienced, more trained horse who's already been through these situations. He's there for the purpose of encouraging and bringing peace and comfort and reassuring them that it's going to be okay. You may not understand it right now, but I made it. Look at me. Look at all my fancy bells and ornaments. Look at how I'm in partnership with the master. You may not understand the process, but there's a reason. There's something he's after. There's something he's trying to get you to learn, to understand on how to work together with him. More than anything, he's trying to get you to trust him. And all I can do is tell you how when I decided to trust him, things changed for me and I began to be used in ways I could never even have hoped or imagined. Things start to happen when you trust in the master. Of course, we know the horse can't verbalize all of that, but his mere presence, his demeanor, his character relays that message. O oh Lord, let ours do the same, that we might overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and that we love not our own lives even unto the death. Lord, let us be willing to relay trust and faith in God, in his words, and in his process. Not only with our intellect, but with our character gained in experience and reflected in the way that we walk with him in partnership. That we trusted him and it turned out 
amazing so that we still trust him and that with everything that we are, we can exhibit to others to also put their trust in the Lord. For he is good. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.